welcome. Bill Michaels Show. Sunny, beautiful out. Temperatures on the rise. Looking forward to getting outside a little bit later on today. Maybe doing a little work. Birds are chirping. Baby birds are chirping. It feels like we're approaching summer. Everything's getting green. I noticed that last week, man. Everything got green right right now. So I'm, I'm excited. I love summer. I love warm weather. You know that. Listening to the program all these years. If you want to chime in, and uh, by the way, speaking of uh, summer, the boys of summer had a hell of a weekend. Brewers getting the sweep over the Kansas City Royals and Yelich having a hell of a weekend. We'll discuss. But if you want to chime in, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Phone lines wide open. Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels. At Bill underscore Michaels or at Ben Z. Kenny. Uh, there's Instagram. Uh, you can track us down, The Bill Michaels Show on Instagram, The Bill Michaels Show on Facebook. You can subscribe and watch the program every day on YouTube and on Twitch TV, simply Bill Michaels Show. You can subscribe, and it's absolutely free. We don't charge anything for it. Uh, email. Email the show, thebillmichaels at gmail.com, thebillmichaels at gmail.com. Thebillmichaels.com is the uh, the website. Download and listen W-O-Z-N, the Zone Madison app, and you can take us anywhere and everywhere. You can also listen to the program after the fact on Spotify, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, plenty of places to download the program hour by hour if you choose to do so. So uh, a lot of ways to stay in touch. We certainly appreciate you being a part of the program in that way as well. Um, uh, We were talking last hour about Christian Yelich and is he back now? Uh, one weekend doesn't make uh, a season, but it was a hell of a start. And my point uh, to Christian Yelich's performance this weekend was not necessarily just being able to hit the ball because he's been doing that. But what I've been complaining about is or noticing is he's not he wasn't turning on balls. He was slapping them down the left field line yesterday. This weekend, he was turning on baseballs. He had the long power drive to center off of the scoreboard. He had the he just ripped one down the right field line, 433 feet into the lows level yesterday, plus the base hit that he had, the RBI base knock, uh, that led to him then stealing second, the error, stealing third, the error, and ultimately coming home to tie the game. Um, he had a rip through the hole just out of the reach uh, of the second baseman between the first base and second baseman's position, and that was a rip for a base knock. And that was hit with authority. So if he's starting to not only hit the ball, but hit the ball and being able to pull the ball with authority, I mean, that's that's vintage Yelich. Now, the consistency, whether or not he's able to consistently do that, we'll wait and see. But it was a hell of a weekend, and the average is now up to 262, 262 on the weekend. Or 262 for the the season after having a hell of a weekend. And at one point it was down to 218. So from where he was to where he's been, Ben, like you said, he's on pace to hit, what, close to 30 home runs? On pace now to do, what, 28? 28 and a half. 28 and a half home runs on the season? Not that we're counting. That, no, well, we are. That's just it. Um, so Christian Yelich is on pace now to get back to Yelich-esque numbers. And that's... That's undeniable when it comes to the success of the team. Now, you take it a step further, as we had talked about, as you start to, to, to creep into the summer months, 
and, and you know you want to look over that fence, that distant fence right now, the trade deadline. You don't know where the Brewers are actually going to be, but if let's say he keeps it up through the next few five, seven, ten series, next thirty, forty games, and all of a sudden you're staring down the barrel of July, the question became was. Okay, suppose the, doers, the Brewers are doing really well, but Christian Yelich's opportunity to be traded is never higher since even before he signed the contract. Would you consider trading him and just getting rid of that albatross of the $29 million a year for the next, what, six years? And I had to pause and think about that for a second, and I thought, no, I wouldn't do it because – if, say, Christian Yelich, and I'm not saying he has to hit 324 and give you 45 bombs. What I'm saying is, let's say he does hit 280, 285. Scores, you know, 60, 70 runs. Drives in 80, 90 runs. Gives you 25 to 30 bombs consistently. He is then outperforming that $29 million a year when you look at some of the other contracts that are being signed. He then becomes somewhat of a bargain. Yes, you would be able to trade him at any point in time, but there's not a necessity to. But the fear is, and I understand your fear, the fear is is that he has this comet-like burst, and then all of a sudden comes back down to earth again, and he's hitting 218 and striking out at a prolific rate, not getting on base, and then that contract becomes the albatross again. But that's the gamble you take when you pay somebody that amount of money. You know, that's why it was, you know, it was a really beneficial deal for the Brewers when they signed him because the numbers were huge. It was like, I can't even believe he's signing for this. Uh, now, here's the pessimist in people. I've had numerous people say, let's see what he does away from Miller Park. Is he back to getting signals of some type at Miller Park? I don't believe so. Pitchers are now using that, that, text system that the catchers can, you know, kind of text in their ear, giving them tones or buzzes or sounds or whatever it is in their ear that tells them what pitch they need to throw. You know, it's it's no longer uh, a, a consistent basis of catchers using hand signals. Now, I don't know what Perez did over the weekend. I don't know if he's more of a hand signals guy or likes to use the technology that's available to him. But I saw, like Ray did it early on in the game yesterday, he was using the, tech, the the signals, and he had to switch earpieces with Willie Adamas because his wasn't working properly. He actually got a ball called on him for not addressing and pitching in the uh, pitch clock in a timely fashion, and that's when they had to make the switch because he couldn't hear what the signals were. So I don't know what Perez used for the Kansas City Royals pitchers over the weekend, but... Uh, in today's game, it is less and less and less likely that, you know, um, teams are tipping pitches. So, uh, just throwing it out there. 877-867-1670, which, is, which leaves you for optimism that maybe the workouts that he did in the offseason that we saw on Instagram when Yelich was working out in the driveway of that, whatever that resort or his house or whatever it was, and doing all the core strength. I told you he looked a little bit thicker. I told you that he looks more like the Yelich of going back to when he was really cranking the baseball. All of that seemed to be more um, Christian Yelich this season coming into the season. Got off to a slow start, but who knows? Maybe 
Maybe he's starting to heat up. Just knock on wood that he does. 877-867-1670. Then you had uh, the Sixers eliminated. It is now the Celtics and the Heat. And you had the Golden State Warriors eliminated. By the way, the whole thing with the Warriors and their dynasty is over. God almighty, the four-letter network is so quick to proclaim things. You know, if they come back and they win a championship next year after tweaking the roster a little bit and everybody being healthy, then it's right back to being the dynasty. It's like, just stop. You, you know, it, they got beat. LeBron lifted the Lakers, and give give LeBron credit. I didn't think he had the ability to do so. I really didn't. Now, whether or not they're going to be able to get past the Denver Nuggets, which Denver's on the precipice of getting into the getting into the finals for the first time in a long time. But I, I, and again, I'm rooting against the Lakers. But, man, the Lakers did uh, the improbable. They just battled just to get in, just to get in. We say it all the time, just get in and get hot. And the Lakers got hot. They're, they're a hot team right now. Whether they can handle Jokic and company, we'll wait and see. But the Lakers got hot, and Jimmy Buckets is hot, and he's had time now to rest after that Knicks series. And here come the Celtics, and the Celtics got hot yesterday. So... Uh, I'm I'm enjoying. I, I got to admit, I'm enjoying the NBA postseason more than I thought I would. I'm enjoying it. Uh, but now the stage is set. You've got your Eastern Conference and Western Conference Finals getting underway. Uh, what is it tomorrow? I think they start. Ben, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know. I'm opting out <laughs> of the rest of the NBA season. No enjoyment left. I will say, Friday yeah, night, it I was watching. It I was watching the Lakers close out the Warriors. And I've never been the biggest LeBron person. I think yeah. I'm rooting for him. I I, I think with all that's happened, and I know it's the Lakers and it's him. I think it's so interesting if he wins another title at his age, with everything that's you know, with the fake bubble title, with yeah. moving back to LA to do it. And yeah, you can roll your eyes at him, the person, but the fact that he is as old as he is and could win it this year, realistically, I mm-hmm. I think that's fascinating. I'd rather him than than Jokic or whatever, or freaking I, the Celtics. Yeah. Marcus Smart. Um, if I had to root for coaches, I'd root, root for Spolstra and Ham. If I had to root for players, I think Jimmy Butler has played an amazing, between him and Jokic, have played an amazing postseason. And I would love to see those two guys match up. It's not a ratings bonanza by any stretch. What you want is Celtics-Lakers if you're the NBA. But it is it, – though Jokic and, and Jimmy Buckets have both just, just thrown their teams on their back and said, here, I'll get you there. Just give me enough. And that's what's been most impressive about it. And so in my heart of hearts, I'm hoping for Denver-Miami – but coach-wise, I, I would love nothing more than to see Darvin Ham have success in his first season as the head coach of the Lakers. The problem is it comes with the boat anchor that is LeBron and all that he, you know, all the pontific, you know, just all the condescension he brings. And I don't want to hear him stand up there and go, give me my props and my respect and this and that again. It's like, you know, just stop. So he's, I, I'm not a Lakers fan in that sense, but I I, I wouldn't mind seeing Darvin Ham, but... I'm really hoping for for Denver, Denver, Miami. Anybody except Boston. Yeah. 
And I'm not bitter because yep. they beat the Sixers. They're just, uh, it is, they, they're the most dislikable team I've ever watched. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Um, well, remember I've got a East Coaster uh, that uh, is in the house, so I, yeah, I do have to put up with that every now and then. Uh, but I will say this: uh, while she does root for the Boston teams, it's not a rabidness. It's a uh, football-wise, Patriots. Yes, it's a rabidness. Um, but when it comes to Boston, the Red Sox, the Bruins, the Celtics. Um, it's kind of like, oh, they had a great season, you know. Very much can look at the bright side of things if they lose. It's not a a, a rampant, this sucks, ref screwed us, the world's against us, you know, and, and there's this anger management that needs to be, you know, implemented. It's not like that. It's not the depth of depression that, that took over one young Ben Kenny after the Eagles got beat by the Kansas City Chiefs. It's not to that level. So Which was to not to the level of the depth of depression I had when I returned from the Philadelphia Phillies losing to the Houston Astros in the World Series. There you go. Right. I'm over the Super Bowl. So, okay. Speaking of the Phillies, how about Bryce Harper? Going a little bit nuts yesterday. Oh, love it. Yeah. I And you know what? Normally, I'm not a Bryce Harper fan. But in that case, I was. I was. I was all I was all about it. I was, I was hoping that uh, he would he would he would kick Bird's ass. But what a, what a jerk, Bird was yesterday. No, and then to say, you know, it, it, here's the thing. When Jake Bird got the final out, it wasn't just like clapping. Like a lot of guys clap and they'll put their heads down, like yeah, you know, and they'll look at their dugout. He was clearly unequivocally taunting not just the Phillies, but Harper, who took offense to it. He was clearly doing it to incite. So for Harper to go over and say something to him and then get after him, I complete 100%. Go for it. Go for it. I was all in favor of it. Because Bird, what a jerk. What a jerk. Now, on to the baseball brawls, of which you know, if you've ever listened to me, I'm not a fan of. This whole thing about badasses keep coming back at the pile. You know why? Because 47 guys are going to hold you back. I'm going to get you. I got, And then he's got three guys pushing them back, pushing them back. Pushing, no, I'm coming back. Stop it. Stop it. If you were going to do something, you'd do it. Go take a swing at somebody. Quit acting like, a like you know, the only way you're going to be a tough guy is if you've got four guys in front of you pushing you back to keep you from yourself. But Bird, I would have loved to have seen Bird, like, with that, that big beak he has. I would have loved to have seen him just popped right in a snot locker. When he started clapping his glove and flexing up at, at uh, Bryce Harper, I was hoping Harper would have taken him down big time. And like I said, I'm not a huge Harper fan, but yesterday I was. Yesterday I was. 877-867-1670. Find us, 877-867-1670. Speaking of Stenny's, I mentioned that uh, we were down there yesterday. Had a great time. The shuttle buses running Brewers fans back and forth. Uh, they were running Brewers, or, uh, Admirals fans back and forth. Admirals split over the weekend, by the way. So kudos to the Admirals for at least getting one in the series. And uh, they're tied up at a game apiece with Texas. So hopefully they can get back on track. But uh, Stenny, second in National Walker's Point. Uh, before and after the game was packed. Uh, during the game, it was nice. Good crowd. 
Had some birthdays down there, some celebrations for Mother's Day that were down there yesterday. The food, spectacular. Got some pizza, got some cheese curds, got the Bill Michaels garlic cheese bread and some wings. Just spread it out on the table, and everybody feasted. It was great. Great time. I could, couldn't have a beer, but beyond that, it was perfect. Love me some Stenny's. As they say, you should be here. That's our friends at Stenny's, second in National Walker's Point, and soon to be in Lake Country, out in Pewaukee on Watertown Road. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show we continue on we continue on beautiful day outside get out and enjoy the weather starting to uh starting to break a little bit starting to feel good out there look at that for those watching on the live stream look at that had an enjoyable weekend spent a little time out there on the uh, the tiki bar fire in a fire pit this past weekend burn, burn ben did you ever burn an old christmas tree no do people Oof. do that? Is that legal? I did. Uh, I did. You can burn in your fire pit. Sure you can. If you have the ability to have a fire pit. So I threw the old Christmas tree uh, in the fire pit over the weekend. And it doesn't take much, let me tell you that. <laughs> it's just, it's all dried out. If you sneeze on it, all the needles fall off. And I thought, okay, it'll just start a little fire, you know, and it'll be nice. And then, woof! It was 15 feet in the air and flames everywhere for about 38 seconds, and then after that, it's done. Oh yeah, just, pine needles. Just sat there and they smored. burn. Yeah, they burn fast and and loudly, but very yes, fast. Yes, they did. Then they're gone. Yes, they did. It got so hot. I have uh, like this little lighting around my fire pit. These uh, the, these small uh, solar lights, but it looks really cool at night because. Uh, you can have the remote control, and you can change the colors of them. They can even, like, glow in different colors around your fire pit. It looks pretty neat out in the middle of the yard in the darkness. And you got a fire going, and it's glowing. It's it, kind of a cool visual effect. Uh, they all melted. <laughs> so i got to go buy more. <laughs> they all just burned right to the ground, man. They all melted. The fire got so hot. <laughs> so didn't expect that. Didn't see that coming. But all my, all my really, I got one LED that works. It's just this lone light that looks pathetic out there now. Wait a second. It's, Wait a second, Bill. Yes. You burned your Christmas tree in the middle of May? Yes. Your Christmas tree has been up since December? Oh, no. I took it down uh, mid-January, and I drag it up by the fire pit, and I, I just leave it lay next to the fire pit. Huh. And then I cut it in half, and I stuffed the base in first, and the top of it I flipped upside down and put it in there. And then as I did that, I, I put a Duraflame log in there, and I lit the Duraflame log. And it was probably about three feet tall out of the fire pit, so to speak. And then it kind of just got so hot that the bricks got so hot that the LED lights around it got hot, and it just melted everything. So, But, no, I leave the, I leave the tree in the backyard. It just lays in the backyard until it's ready to be burned. Because otherwise, you got to put it out by your front, you know, your drive. And it lays there like a mob hit gone bad, you know, or somebody just rolled the body out of the car. And you, you just never know when they're going to come and pick it up and finally get it. So 
I just decided uh, about three, four years ago, I just, I cut it in half. I drag it up the hill. I set it next to the fire pit. And then well, the first time we really kind of have a bonfire, I, that's the first thing to go. Usually I cut the branches off of it and then throw the logs in and it, you know, burn it slowly. But this year, uh, Kristen's kids were here and they're like, oh, can we make a big fire? I didn't think it'd get that big. But we threw a half and half in and <laughs> melted everything. So one by one, the light started sticking to the ground and sticking to the rocks. And <laughs> just the plastic was just bleak. So I had to go out there and beat it with a hammer yesterday morning and break all the lights off of it. <laughs> so there you go. Do you, uh, did you grow up with a fire pit and being in Philly? Were you allowed to do that? No. I don't know yeah, if I we wasn't... weren't allowed, but we're in the city, okay. so there isn't much fire pitting going on. Yeah, I didn't think so. Yeah, my uh, when I grew up in Ohio, same thing in Cincinnati. We grew up in a township. You weren't allowed to have them unless you had uh, more than an acre of yard, and it had to be like in the middle of the acre, uh, acre of yard. So we didn't have that. We had about a half an acre. Uh, for a house, and so we didn't have that. So I never grew up with a fire pit, unless of course we went to we went to the farm on the weekends, and then yeah, we had bonfires. But but didn't grow up with that fire pit sitting right out back, you know. Uh, Bill says uh, we do an annual neighborhood Christmas tree burning party. Really? There you go. Who was that commenter that said they always take down their Christmas decorations when the Packers lose in the playoffs? Oh. I totally forget who, but you know, annual mid January. It, it was yeah, it was a caller, wasn't it? I forget, but it made me think about it happening in the middle of January every year. Hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, I forgot all about that. But yeah, I get the Christmas tree down uh, because I put it up so early. We start get the Christmas tree always goes up the first week of December, and it's a real tree. I never, I don't get the fake ones. Oh, I, well, I take that back. Yes, I do, because I have th- three trees in the house. One's in the bar, one's in the upstairs. Those two are fake. And then the big one with all the gifts and everything around it, the big one's in the great room, and that's real. And I love the smell of the thing. So it, it's, and it gets you ready for usually like the Christmas party and everything, uh, the ugly sweater party, and it goes all the way through Christmas. But right after Christmas, I mean, like January 5th or whatever that weekend is, man, that thing's coming down. I'm done. Starting to clean up the house, put everything away, get back to normal. You know, I'm I'm done. I do that. Uh, so that way I don't have – I can just concentrate on football, playoffs, Super Bowl, and I don't have anything to worry about. That way my – because my weekends are pretty much occupied anyway. But uh, that's when it comes down. And then I take it down, I drag it up the hill, put it next to the fire pit, and then when the snow all melts and the warm weather starts to come out and your first night for the, for the fire pit comes about, that thing goes in it. And poof, up it goes. There you go. So I've gotten in trouble because apparently there are some religious reasons why trees are left up to a certain point, and I, I just I have no clue about any of that. Yet I, I have a I, – I don't want to say they're a group of what? minions, but uh, no, like some uh, some people leave up their trees until a certain date because there are other I, – I don't know. It's a significant date in Christianity. i never heard of that. Well, neither had I, and I'm sure many people out there know what I'm talking about. But I, I was recently taught about that because I have a, a large group of, we'll say, followers. I don't want to call them minions, but sources, <laughs> little birds in Madison, that when I spoke about Christmas trees staying up, they would tweet 
pictures of every Christmas tree they saw anywhere and then send it to me. And then I would I would retweet it and talk about how much of a disgrace it was to have a Christmas tree up in like March. <laughs> but it turns out there are some dates earlier that uh, are significant. So I kind of ate, ate okay. on that one. I, I, I never have heard of religious reasons to keep your tree up beyond the first week in January. I don't know. I, I, that I've never heard. I, I couldn't honestly tell you. I mean, I, I I don't know any religion that says you have to keep your Christmas tree up past a certain date of January. Now, I know that there is, if you are uh, doing the manger scene, there is religious reasons to keep it up later. My mom used to keep it up till the middle of January for something. I can't remember specifically what it was, but my mom would you'd never be able to take that down. But I don't know. Um, <laughs> Rick said he used to throw his tree in the fire pit and burn it lights and all. Holy crap. Didn't that thing smoke? He said it was easier to buy the new lamps and bulbs every year than to try to uh, untangle them every December. <laughs> Wasn't that throwing that plastic and stuff into the atmosphere? At least, I don't do that. I'm a, I'm, I didn't even mean to burn my lights around the fire pit. Oh, we're getting way off topic here. <laughs> so, Kyle says, my dad burns the tree every year. Um, he said, we've been doing it since I've been 10. He said, I'm 22 now. We still burn the Christmas tree. Uh, Mom got pissed last year, though. We accidentally burned one of her good ornaments when we didn't find it in the tree, and it fell into the fire pit. We found it after the fire pit ashes were cleaned out. Uh, there you go. Yeah, make sure you got all mom's good ornaments off of there, especially if they're the old German-style glass ones. Those are worth some cash. Uh, and I'm obviously sentimentality. Uh, 877-867-1670. Let's get off of this because this is getting really weird. <laughs> so, just enjoying it. Uh, so Pro Football Focus came out, and they ranked the rosters, the teams, uh, the wins, the possibility of all that kind of stuff. Uh, for all 32 teams. And as Bill Huber wrote in his story in Sports Illustrated, he said the problem with the Packers isn't just the inexperience of quarterback with Jordan Love replacing Aaron Rodgers. It's just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the shortcomings of the Packers. Through 32 teams ranked by uh, Pro Football Focus out of the NFL, the Green Bay Packers ranked 27th. 27th. Now, they say in, in the explanation, here's the biggest strength of the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon headlined a backfield that finished with a league-high 91.9 rushing grade in 2022. Dillon profiles as the power back, while Jones offers more versatility with the quickness and the route running. And Aaron Jones actually finished one catch behind Alan Lazard for the team lead. So uh, both were leaned upon heavily last year, and now it's going to be A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones that are going to be leaned upon heavily in 2023 because they're transferring from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. Now, the biggest weakness is the dynamic pass catchers, or lack thereof. Uh, Christian Watson show, showed flashes. He had a team-leading 77.8 receiving grade and three 100-yard games. However, he did not have another game with at least 50 yards. 
last season. So he had, it was all or nothing for Christian Watson. Lazard led the team with 60 catches and 788 yards, while uh, Green Bay's tight end group was the least productive in the NFL. And uh, losing Devontae Adams going to hurt. We all knew that, but Green Bay may have underestimated just how badly that was going to kind of dent their success. The X factor, as we all know, is Jordan Love. Uh, the rookies to watch this year, they say, is going to be it taken in back-to-back rounds. The tight ends, Luke Musgrave, Tucker Craft, Musgrave and Craft could make Jordan Love's life a lot easier if they can create separation in intermediate windows. Both are immensely talented but dealt with injury issues in college. Uh, Musgrave, he can stretch the seam. While Kraft, he profiles as more of a traditional in-line tight end. The Packers very young at the wide receiver position as well. And the passing game going to need some easy completions. And these two could take a lot of that pressure off of the wide receiving core. Uh, there's some variance right now in a very mediocre NFC North. But the win total, seven and a half. The Packers won just eight games last year uh, with Aaron Rodgers, so the receiving core incredibly young. The middle of the defense soft. I would be highlighting that if I'm uh, inside that locker room. I'd be putting that in every linebacker's uh, linebacker's locker. Devondre Campbell, Preston Smith, Quay Walker, Rashawn Gary. Um, you know, you can't really say Luke Van Ness because he wasn't a part of this team last year. But those guys, they say the middle of the defense is soft. If you have a soft middle of your defense, you're in trouble. Uh, they say if Jordan loves Love proves serviceable, they could, however, um, up the win total. If he doesn't, they could be picking very, very, very early in the draft next year. So Bill, uh, Bill Huber goes on to say the team's biggest weakness, obviously, no dynamic weapons in the pa- passing game. No, con- you know, contrary to pro football focus's thinking, the Packers did not underestimate the value or lost their value of, of uh, Devontae Adams. Adams wanted to join Derek Carr and the Raiders, and really not much more they could do about it after it got to a certain point. So Gutekinds made the deal, got Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, Samari Torre, and among Green Bay receivers, Watson had the highest grade, as we know. You know, he had three red-hot stretches in November in which he caught six touchdown passes in three games. However, in his next four games, he caught just 14 passes for 154 yards and not one touch or and one touchdown. The biggest problem in that was once teams discovered this cat can move, they said, look, <laughs> Christian Watson, rookie, he's not going to beat us. And they started to cover him better. And then nobody else could beat him. So that's why it's so incredibly important to get productivity out of somebody else out of the receiving core, whether it's Samari Torre, you know, Romeo Dobbs, Reed, anybody else. It's so imperative to get more out of that receiving core and the tight ends and to be able to run the football. Uh, because you, you just, if you're going to take Christian Watson out of the mix, somebody else has to step up. Or you have to be able to spread it around enough to get back to the point where teams are going to say, hey, look, we can't we, we can't just concentrate on Watson. we got to re- at least respect the passing game. This could be an interesting year for the Green Bay Packers, which is the reason when you see stuff like this, you go, okay, slow your roll on the enthusiasm, back it up a little bit, 
because there are some legitimate issues here that need to be observed. And Watson's projection as a Green Bay uh, star, the next star receiver, based upon big games, four catches, 107 yards, three touchdowns against Dallas, four catches, 110 yards, and a touchdown against Philadelphia, five catches for 104 yards in the finale versus Detroit, uh, while ignoring the fact that three 100-yard games were also three 50-yard games. So, again, it was all or nothing. And, again, the game against Philadelphia, remember, the Dallas game was legit. That was kind of the coming out party. They didn't see that coming. The Philadelphia game, Philadelphia had that game, and they were they were vastly ahead. And a lot of the yardage and such came on that big pass play between Jordan Love and Christian Watson late in the game after the game was pretty much out of reach. The game at the end of the season against Detroit, that was legit. Detroit was fighting hard, man. That was legit. I like that. Christian Watson was holding up his end of the bargain. But you need more. So that's one of those cautionary tales to say, look, get excited, but don't get out over your skis because you've got to have Dubs or Torre or Reed or any one of the other guys that have been picked up by this uh, Packers team. Anybody on that that roster backup-wise that uh, this team is going to need. Um, You got Wicks, uh, the the fifth-round draft choice, uh, Dubose, Grant Dubose, the uh, what was he a seventh round draft choice? Uh, you've got some other guys that they just signed, you know, kind of off the street. Some somebody's got to step up, you know. And I hate to say step up because it's so cliche. It's just it's it's such a joke. Oh, somebody needs to step up. Like there's one guy standing in line, he's just not there, and he just steps up, and suddenly he's there. You need somebody else to become a a contributing factor. We'll say for the Packers to actually be successful, but. You're going to have to get it done also by moving the chains and being possession-wise, and that is with Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave. Those two guys also have to become a key component to this offense. Can they do it? I, maybe they can, but will they all put it together this year? Time will tell. And, and the likelihood of it tends to say in the grandest of schemes when you're talking about a bunch of rookies and second-year guys suddenly just running off into the wilderness and saying, we've got this. That usually doesn't happen in the NFL. Doesn't happen. But the the other key component to this is Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, and Samari Torre all have to stay healthy, and your tight ends have to stay healthy. Those two guys, like the article said, they've been plagued by uh, they've been plagued by by injuries. So they have to stay healthy for this thing to be successful. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. Our friends at Steel Tank Brewing, terrific food. Terrific food. The big music venue, it's coming. It's rounding into shape. It'll be up and running soon. Robrook Lane in Oconomowoc, right behind the Exonia Bank on 67, just north of 94. That's where you find Steel Tank Brewing. Dave and his staff, terrific people. Terrific people. They, they, Everything is their brew. They do carry a few other brands, but everything is their brew right there on site. They have different uh, different tastes, different tastings, different tappings. The back patio is wide open. One of the best patios uh, around, to be honest with you. Great place. Steel Tank Brewing, Roebrook Lane in Oconomowoc, right behind the Exonia Bank, right off of 67. Stop in, tell Dave and the staff we say Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.